Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding their purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Have you ever had one plan for your career only to discover that God had a surprising and unexpected detour? My guest today, Ashley Staples, certainly knows how that feels. Ashley had a thriving career in academia at a prestigious private university in New York City when she received a job offer she couldn't refuse. The only catch? It meant leaving New York City and moving to Columbus, Ohio. If you've ever faced a major crossroads in your business or career and were unsure about which direction to choose, then stay tuned. Ashley is funny and wise and offers practical advice about how to walk with God when the path takes an unexpected twist. In just a moment, we'll meet Ashley. But first, I want to let you know that you can hear all episodes of the Your Purpose is Calling podcast when you subscribe on iTunes. And leave us a review, because that helps us build a community of Christians who, like you, are finding purpose redefining work, and changing their world. And now, let's meet Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dawn. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so glad to have you here. So for those of our listeners who don't already know you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is Ashley, and I uh, am currently uh, pursuing my doctorate in higher education and student affairs at The Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, this follows a career in residence life. Uh, so those who are familiar with college will probably be familiar with resident assistants. And I was kind of the boss of the RA's boss. That's what I did. Um, my main focus in that was building community and essentially any education outside the classroom that was happening um, in the residence halls on a college campus. Awesome. Now you are in Ohio now, but that is actually quite a left turn from where you were um, not that long ago, right? Correct. Yeah. Tell us Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So uh, I had been living, working, and loving it in New York City. I had an amazing job. I was working for a New York university, and which is just their great institution, a uh, great place to work, great people. Um, and super involved in Liberty Church, which is uh, how Don and I know each other. And mm-hmm. I uh, was pursuing my doctorate there because I had a great system, right? I could get tuition remission. I could do all these different things. I had a great full-time job that I love. I had a great community that I loved. And I actually started my first year of my doctorate uh, at NYU. And I knew my advisor and he was amazing. And so uh, and then about March of my first year of my doctorate program, he and I had met up. We were going to meet up with some other people for uh, dinner. And he said, so something's happened. <laughs> and I said, well, what? And he said, I've taken a job at The Ohio State University to start next year, and I'm moving to Columbus. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then he said, and I'd like you to move with me and research and study and go full time and get your doctorate there instead of continuing the program here at NYU. And I was like, whoa, okay. (laughs) Well, that was completely unexpected. Uh, And I guess some of his other students um, had known, and I had known he was sort of soft looking. I did not know that 
he was as close to a, a yes uh, as that would be the news that day. And so, um, yeah, I, I ended up saying yes, though, and moving here to uh, do the last three years of my doctorate program with him as my advisor. So I think your story, I, I like that part of your story, and, and we're going to come back to it because I think a lot of our listeners can really relate to this idea of, wow, that is a left turn that God just threw me. I did not, you know, <laughs> you were living in New York City, living in Columbus, Ohio was not anywhere on your radar, no. two very, very <laughs> different kinds of, you know, kinds of lives. And I think a lot of our listeners can relate to um, to feeling that left turn. And, and we're going to talk in just a minute about, you know, kind of how you walked through that. Um, but before, before we do that, I just want to kind of get back to your role in education. Sure. Um, tell me a little bit about, is this something that, how did you get into this? Do you feel like this is, um, God's call on your life? Do you feel like this is something that you are doing, um, as part of a yes that you said to God, this this vocation that you've chosen? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I ended up working in higher education because when I was in college, I, um, well, ended up as maybe strong words, but the, the path was when I was in college, I uh, had a great major. I was a logistics, transportation, and supply chain management major. Uh, international business was my double. I really liked my courses, very practical. Uh, I knew I would be able to use everything, uh, but I just didn't want to hang out in the in that business community. Like that on campus wasn't what I was really excited about. Um, and so I was involved with many uh, sort of extracurricular activities. I taught um, a first year seminar class and I was a resident assistant myself and I had some other leadership roles uh, and I really felt like I found a home there. So at some point in, during that college uh, experience, I figured out, oh, this can be like a life thing. There's actual full-time jobs and people who do this professionally. Um, it was a little late, so I took a business job right out of college. I really enjoyed it, um, but the parts I enjoyed the most was the internship programs that I got to work with. And I think that really just brought me back to this uh, piece where if you're pursuing higher education, right, it, the people who are making the choice to get an additional amount of schooling beyond the required amount in whatever system you're in um, have this opportunity for change that is really amazing. They're looking for something to change. They're interested in learning. Uh, there's a commitment there. Uh, and so that really opens doors. And I think that that in the U.S. is very centered in uh, sort of a particular age group from 18 to, you know, 23, 24. That's kind of how we think about it, though that's not really the reality. There's so many people who are going back to school or doing graduate school or, you know, whatever the case may be at all these different points in life. Uh, and so I'm really interested in how we use higher education to promote um, all kinds of different things. So economic uh, stability in places that really need it and retraining and, um, how people can use that to sort of change their lives. So the catalyst of higher ed is something I'm really interested in working with. And I do think that's my calling is to be a leader and a player in education. I have uh, a little bit of a different, um, I guess, viewpoint on education because of my business background. And I see how it, it is a business and that doesn't bother me the way it bothers some people. Um, and at the same time, how 
you know, if you let it be all business, then you lose a lot of the people aspects. Uh, and those are so important uh, for helping people actually finish their degrees. And honestly, the larger picture public good, like, you know, people are voting more and poverty is being reduced and all of these different things uh, that are outcomes of more people engaging in higher education. Yeah, I love that. And what do you... Um I'm just wondering, obviously, you work in, in um, public education, which is, um, you know, all kinds of people, all kinds of faiths, all kinds of beliefs, all kinds of, of, um, of diversity that's, that happens there. And so what does it look like to bring kingdom values into your everyday work? Uh, yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is you got to lead from love. Um, and, you know, I, I think that there, especially in higher education in the U.S., there is some interesting history behind how sort of this idea of like the church and state be separated um, happened and how that sort of outworked itself on college campuses. And uh, so I think there's um, there's a lot of fear there. Uh, so there's a sense that if you are talking about faith, then then you're probably trying to convert somebody and that's your goal. And so, and if that's your goal and you are a person of faith, I would heart check because that, you know, God will build his church. That was never, you know what I mean? We're supposed to be obedient. We're supposed to follow these different steps, but we are supposed to love one another as we love, as God loved us. And so making sure that you're leading from love in all things. Um, and then the second thing is, I think, calling out the gold in people. And so I think one of the things that um, God has given me are gifts of encouragement and wisdom. And so, you know, I try and use that with everybody. Like they don't need to have professed Christ the way that I have um, to benefit <laughs> from this amazing God that we have. And so, you know, if someone's down and out, like, encourage them. You know, if someone needs inspiration, inspire them. That's one of the great things about having a well that never runs dry is that I can always access more and I can access it on behalf of people who don't have that opportunity. And that doesn't mean that I have to say, and by the way, <laughs> this message is coming directly from you, <laughs> for you, from the savior of your soul. Like you can just be <laughs> a normal person who's being encouraging and that's going to be okay. So I think that's, um, especially in uh, higher ed too, you've got a lot of people with a lot of different people groups who've been very hurt by the larger church. I know that's a sensitive topic to talk about, but you know, leading with love does so much um, for just making people feel valued and honored and give them space to figure out who they are. Um, and I think those are all things that God calls us to do, right? To, is to give people space to find their identity with the hope you know, that they will find their identity in, in Christ. But that, again, like making that happen is not our job. And so I think that's something that um, I bring in when I go. And I actually study interfaith. I didn't talk about that. So um, the research that I am doing is uh, looking at how students on college campuses around the United States engage across worldview lines. So whatever your worldview is, whatever makes that up, the, how they talk to each other, um, how they interact with each other, uh, what fosters interaction, 
how committed they are to their own worldviews and how that might affect um, how they're interacting with other people and how colleges and universities can actually foster uh, the development of spirituality and faith and, you know, just worldview commitment, knowing who you are and what you believe, uh, because it has been such sort of an absent part of the college and university um, camp- campus environment over the last um, probably, you know, 50 to 75 years ago is when it kind of really fell out of the campus environment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much gold in just what you said right there. Um, what are you, I love the one-to-one and I love the, um, and I love what you said about, you know, you don't have to come up to somebody and say, oh my gosh, I've got a word from God for you. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) um, just having that heart of encouragement. Um, I love that. It's so practical. Um, what are you like pulling back kind of 30,000 foot view? What is it that you are believing for in your industry in education? Right. So I'll talk a little bit about my 30,000 foot view and then, uh, maybe extrapolate that a little bit. So I am interested in thinking about how, can we in the field of higher education um, help uh, reduce poverty and, you know, all of these sort of big picture things that people have goals for, but really through the vehicle of higher education uh, and specifically in developing or um, developing areas of the world domestically and abroad, but then also uh places where there may have been a tragedy or, you know, some big thing that really may have knocked sort of the whole infrastructure of a a community to its knees. So I think of, I think of Syria in 10 years, I think of Haiti now, I think of, you know, these different places that have had sort of major catastrophes and what kind of setback might that have been to that community in this area um, as, you know, transitioning to like more of a survival mentality for a while. Uh, And so that's kind of where I'm interested in working. And that's sort of a 10 to 15 year goal. Um, But I do think that higher education for the industry, I'm believing for us to figure out how to meet practical needs and create brave and safe spaces for all types of students to explore what they want to do and how they want to contribute to their society. Uh, And I think we have settled on a specific model that is not always the right model for all students. And so I think higher education is looking to do that. And, you know, in looking to do that for one set of students has sort of maybe accidentally excluded the sort of uh, worldviews and values and things like that of a different set. Um, And or we've gone to a complete business model, which is, you know, get training for your vocation, for what you're doing. But students are now graduating and businesses are saying, you know, but they don't get the big picture. They can't critically think. I need students who have learned how to learn um, Mm. once they're graduated. I need students who um, understand that they fit in a a worldwide web of people. Uh, And so really figuring out how to balance that vocational training with also those you know, bigger picture things that really contribute to that overall public good of the world. That's amazing. That's amazing. And what I love about that too, about what you said is that I think, um, and it's, and I think it's true a hundred percent of the time when people are working from calling is that it's twofold, right? There's, Mm -hmm. um, what you're believing God will do 
you know, big picture, long-term, whatever that is. And then there's also what's the small thing right in front of me that I can do right now, understanding that I'm planting a seed for the kingdom, but ultimately it's God that makes that grow, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to get back to um, I want to get back to your move from New York to Ohio because, like I said, I think a lot of people can relate to this. Sometimes something drops, like you were sitting down, and and this opportunity presented itself. And sometimes it's really easy to be like, "Oh, I that was not on my radar. <laughs> There's no way." <laughs> um, and uh, and what that and what that obedience looks like and. I know that um, you are someone who is very fun and very spontaneous, but when it comes <laughs> to major life decisions, you're 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 pretty methodical about your process, and so um, and I love that about you, and I've and I've loved watching you sort of go through those um, through those stages. So tell us for our listeners who might be facing their own left turn right now, um, what were some practical things that you went through to kind of like test, is this really something from God? Is this really an opportunity? Is this obedience or is it a distraction? What did that look like for you? Sure. So uh, uh, at first I was actually kind of busy. I got this information at a conference. I went out out of the country the next week, you know, there were all these things. And so I made a plan to make a plan uh, was actually the first thing that I did. And then uh, the second thing was, I mean, it would have been great to say like, God, if you could strike the ground in front of me with lightning and that will be my sign that this is what it is. And maybe I asked for that at one point, but it was extremely facetious. I did not expect that. Uh, So first, the second thing I did was very practically, I just gathered information. You know, is this what, you know, normal wisdoms type stuff, right? Like how much will I get paid if I do this? What does this do to my career? What does this do? You know, how I've already been taking classes. How does transferring those in work? Is that something that's possible? Where will I live? What will, you know, all of these normal questions uh, that we should be asking. And I think, you know, sometimes God calls us like just to go, uh, but not always, you know? And I think if you're trying to figure out you know, is this good? Is this bad? And I think sometimes God gives us choice. And I I do feel like he would have honored if I had just not been able to hear going to Ohio. I think he still would have blessed me. I don't think I would have been walking out of God's will forever. But I don't think the word that I got in that was I he couldn't do with me there what he wanted to do with me here. And so, you know, really saying like, okay, well, what are my different options there? Uh, and then I also, you know, prayed <laughs> and spent a lot of time uh, with God. I actually, I opened a Google Doc. I called it Ohio or NYC question mark. And I just started, you know, typing. And part of that was just to get my junk out. You know, like what are all these different things that I'm, you know, feeling, thinking, just kind of like emoting in all directions because I needed those out before I could hear you know, I needed to talk before I could hear. So I just started doing that um, and eventually got to a spot where I had felt like I heard from God and I felt like it was a go. And I really wanted to make sure that I had not just, you know, my own piece about that, but I had put myself under authority in New York, right? I was under a pastoral authority. I had given given authority in relationship to various friends and mentors and things like that. So, 
you know, I needed to make sure that this was an all around yes, because it was going to be a big deal. I was leader in the church. Um, I had a bunch of different things that I was overseeing. It was me leaving was going to affect more than just me. And I needed to steward that well. And I knew that was part of it. So I called in uh, some wise counsel. <laughs> uh, and I started sort of setting up meetings to talk through, you know, what I felt like I was telling me and asking people to pray for me, for me and with me through the decision. I also reached out at the, uh, at the time I was very close with a group of people who are also on the worship team and they were having an, like a rehearsal for the Sunday service. So, um, I showed up at the rehearsal <laughs> and asked them all to just like stand around me and pray for me. And, uh, see if God gave them any words or visions or anything like that, that would kind of confirm uh, this word that I was getting. Uh, and I told them sort of the bare bones, but not what I had heard, uh, just to kind of, again, look for that confirmation. Uh, and eventually, you know, everyone, everyone was with it. I would read them parts of this document and sort of talk through the process. And uh, one person even said, uh, you know, I really wanted to come into this meeting and tell you that God said no, <laughs> but... <laughs> that is, I can't say that. And I don't like that at all. And I was like, well, I get you because that's kind of where I am too, because academically and from like a work perspective, yes, it was totally a yes. It was uh, the, you know, I had been interested. I would have been okay finishing my program. I was going part-time, um, but I was interested in going full-time. So that's a yes. Um, financially, like God worked it out. So I actually, it was mostly a lateral move, which is pretty amazing. Um, and, you know, moving wise and, you know, when different other pieces needed to line up, everything was kind of going to be fine. So the biggest thing was, you know, I'm in this church, I'm in these relationships, like how do, I don't, I don't want to leave. I don't feel like leaving. Um, <laughs> and so how getting kind of through that and saying like, I can be sad, but about like a thing, it cannot necessarily be my favorite thing, but it could still be obedience to say yes, even though it doesn't feel like I want to. I think that's such a, uh, such a really strong idea right there for a couple of reasons. One, um, I think that, you know, there's a, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about this super fine line between doing, you know, due diligence, if you will. And I loved what you said about being under authority. There's a difference between checking the word and overthinking the word. And I think that, um, I think that you really hit the nail on the head is don't trust your feelings with making those decisions. And I remember that time and walking through that time with you. And I was like, how do you feel about, you know, making this decision? And you're like, do not ask me about my feelings. Ask me what God wants for me. And, um, and <laughs> I remember going, well, okay. Um, but it, but it's really true that, you know, just because we feel something doesn't mean that that's, you know, what we should follow. And I think that's the importance of community. It's the importance of having that authority. It's the importance of having friends in our life that we know that we can trust to speak life and to seek God in those situations. Um, uh, so that's really great, really good advice. So, um, so you left New York and you arrived in Ohio. And I think, um, you know, another part of your story that I think a lot of our listeners can relate to is just, um, I think oftentimes if we have a word, and I just want to back up on something else that you said too, by the way, is that God does give us choice. Like you 
um, had this opportunity to go to Ohio, but understanding God's blessing was not waiting for you in Ohio. God's blessing goes with you wherever you go, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I and so I think that's important. But I think that there's this idea that once we say yes and we know that we are obedient to the opportunity that God has before us, that it's all going to be smooth sailing from there. And because we're we're you know we're saying yes, that it, it's all just going to fall into place. Um, but you actually had, uh, I think something that a lot of people face is that you said yes, you were obedient, you made this move, and you got to this new place. And then it was kind of like a, almost like a what now feeling. I don't know if you, if you would think that's fair, but just, just that feeling of, okay, I'm here, but I'm feeling a little stuck. I don't feel like I'm running. I said yes to God, but this is, you know, like the whole world has not opened up and everything is not easy. I actually feel challenged and stuck and un you know, maybe even unsure about some things. Can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that season? Sure. So, well, there was uh, a couple of things I did just to start uh, th this move, right? So I had set up uh, through the process of sort of saying yes and figuring things out. I had set up, you know, a place to live and I had looked for churches in the area because I knew it was going to be important to find a local church to plug into once I was there uh, and sort of try and figure out those things. Uh, and so when I first arrived in Ohio, it was, I started going, I was there maybe a week before school started. And so work kind of started right away. Uh, and I, for a variety of reasons, ended up getting to Ohio like a week later than expected. We had some uh, family issues we kind of had to take care of. And so I was a little bit like, oh, this wasn't the plan <laughs> anyway when I got there. Uh, and so there was a church that was a part of uh, sort of the same network that Liberty is a part of. And I really had prayed about, you know, looked at a bunch of websites and kind of prayed about everything. And no, I had literally never been in Columbus before I drove in with my moving truck. So I had not like stepped foot past the Columbus city line, uh, really, except maybe like driving on 70 at some point, like through the area that I don't even remember. So I sort of show up and I'm like, okay, I'm here. I move in. And that Sunday I go to this, you know, church that I had found through the network and Donna, kid you not, I hated it. <laughs> like I so mad about just everything that was happening. I was super judgy. I was super in my feels. I was, it was not, I was not having it. Like, and, um, there were different things. Part of it I realized later was just that, you know, it was the first time and I went to evening church and I, uh, when I was at Liberty was involved with the Union Square community, which meets in the evening. And I was just like, all of me was like, I don't want to be at this church right now. Like I want to be at home with my people. And so that was, that was not great. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go look at some of these other ones that didn't seem as sort of right on as I had originally, you know, as that first one. Um, but I went somewhere the second Sunday and I was like, okay, I mean, I still don't love this, but it's, a you know, I, I don't like this, this, and this. I do like this, this, and this, blah, 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 right? And then the next Sunday I went somewhere else <laughs> and I was kind of doing the same thing. And, go, and I was like, God, like, I just want to plug. And he's like, well, can you just do the thing I told you to do? Like, you're looking for a new word for me about where you should plug in first, but I already told you. And so get over yourself. <laughs> and 
um, go back to the thing. And so I think that would be one thing for feeling stuck is like sometimes we feel stuck because we're looking for a new word instead of saying yes to the word we already got and actually like living it out. Um, and so that would be one piece of, especially in a new season, right? Like think of the Bible and entering the promised land, like they did it wrong. They had clear instructions <laughs> about what they were right. supposed to do to enter the promised land. And they just like didn't. And so they had to wait for everyone to die <laughs> and then do it again, <laughs> like, and try and follow it again. And so thankfully God did not make me wait 40 years, but a very, that kind of thing, right? Like live out the word that I've given you to see what's happening. So I think, um, that's one thing. And then later that semester, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a tough transition partially just cause it was so fast. It was like straight in. And, uh, later that semester, you know, I got there and I got in and I was doing things. And then once I was in the middle of everything, all of a sudden I had this, like, not, was this the right thing? I think that had been so well confirmed, but just like, what, what happened? You know what I mean? Like what, <laughs> what happened? Is this, is this not the right thing in terms of moving to Ohio, but am I doing the things now that I'm here that I'm supposed to be doing? Am I involved in the right things? Am I, you know, taking the right classes? Am I doing, you know, am I, am I stewarding this opportunity? Like I am supposed to be, you know, whatever those different things are that you can think. Um, and so, uh, one of the other things when you're stuck is really looking, seeking God, and in two ways, kind of looking for words. So one, stewarding the words that have already been spoken over you. So I took that opportunity to kind of like read back over the different things that God had said before I left New York about what would be happening in Ohio. And it was very cool to see some of those like, okay, these have started to come to fruition. You know what I mean? I'm already seeing that this is a track. Uh, and the other thing is to, I think, look for words in new places or and sometimes not even from people who are Christian, like God will use so many different things um, to stay there. So one thing that was told to me on my way here that was really important, actually, by someone at work, um, he said to me, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and New York will always be here. Um, and so you can always go back. And that for that first year was so important to me that New York will always be here, just like and God will build his church and this will be hard, but we're behind you. You know, like little things like that were really important to just saying like, okay, <laughs> shake it off and, you know, march and just kind of do what you need to do. Um, and then the last thing I would say is staying in relationship um, with yourself, with God and with other people. Uh, I think, you know, being able to have a, a relationship with yourself, with God, and with at least a couple of other people where you can lay it all out and say, I'm not going anywhere. Like, what are the options that I have in this scenario? Um, because I need to be moving somewhere, right? And so maybe I've been trying to like trudge straight forward, but really I need to be like, I would, I would be able to sprint if I turned to the left or to the right a little bit. Um, and I just can't see it because I've gotten tunnel vision. I've gotten, you know, I've gotten kind of stuck in this space that I have. So I think that's part of planting in the local church, but, you know, staying in relationship with people that, you know, cause I would definitely reach back out to people all across my life and say, this is what's happening, but also finding relationships where you are and investing in them, um, and being very present in the circumstance that God has you in and not 
always looking at the future or the past. So good. It's so good. Um, so um, at the end of this podcast, you're actually going to, if there's any of our listeners who can relate to that, maybe feeling stuck or, you know, just what it means to have a left turn and to be obedient, um, you're actually going to be praying a prayer over our listeners um, that we're going to do towards the end of the podcast. Uh, but there's just, again, just so much wisdom in what you had to say. And uh, I'm, I'm taking a ton of notes. Um, I hope I can read them back later, but they are... Um, Again, just so much wisdom that that you've shared with us during this time. I really thank you for that. Um, so we like to end every podcast with what we call the final five. And this is just designed to resource our listeners um, with more that they can look into or research. Um, and so we want to start with, other than the Bible, what's one book that changed your life and why? Uh, yeah, so I like lots of books, so this was hard. But um, actually kind of in the season of all of this Ohio situation happening, I was reading Essentialism by Greg McCowan, and it is great. Uh, it is very good. It's an easy book. It's about sort of getting down to the things that are essential and helping you really steward your yes um, and really use your no, <laughs> you know, how to say no, how to really kind of lead that, lead that, uh, more simple life in terms of commitments and things like that. In addition to, you know, stuff or whatever, um, minimalist type tendencies you might have. Uh, but it was a really great book and I will, it's super easy read and there's lots of pictures. So every once in a while, if I'm feeling like I've got too much going on, there's a lot of really practical sort of like, think about this, this way kinds of things. Um, you can even, I can even just like pick it up and kind of flip through it. Uh, it's really helpful. Awesome. And uh, we will include um, links to that in our show notes. Um, but uh, tell us one podcast you're listening to now and why. Sure. So this is uh, kind of off topic, but my uh, my friends actually on my sort of, I think you guys should make this a podcast, uh, started this podcast called Dribblin and Dabblin. Uh, they both love basketball and uh, we would just kind of be out together hanging out and they would sort of interweave all of their life stories with like how they were feeling about the NBA. Uh, and so they have been recording for the last year. So they're coming up on their first year of recording and it's really great. Uh, they're really funny and I know so much more about basketball than I used to. So that's been fun too. <laughs> awesome. What's your favorite Bible verse and why? Uh, yeah, my favorite Bible verse is, uh, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, John 1, 5. And I just love it because uh, there's this other part of the Bible that that talks about how um, to God, the darkness is as light. And I just think about, you know, that is our opportunity. Like in any space, we can bring light into it. Um, and what just the power of that, you know, like think about being in a dark room and turning on the light bulb. Like that's us every time we step over a threshold. So. So good. So good. What's the best business advice you ever received? Hands down, inspect what you expect. There was this 
great, amazing lady who I wish I knew her name and her children. I would like love them forever. Uh, I met her at a conference. We were at kind of a round table lunch situation and she was overseeing the, I think, cleaning crew at a university. And she just said that. And she said, you know, I expect that people clean the bathrooms every day. And so because I expect that, I have to make my life uh, arrange it so that I can inspect what they're doing. Because if I can't inspect it, then I shouldn't expect that they are doing that work. And so I was like, whoa, mind blown. Uh, And it's actually changed sort of all of the ways that I think about deadlines, that I think about, you know, as a manager setting, um, setting expectations. I, you know, I never give a midnight deadline because I'm not going to check that at midnight. I'm going to be asleep. So, (laughs) or doing something else, but I'm not going to check for that. So I'll check it at 9am. And so your deadline is 9am. So just kind of helping be realistic uh, in what you're expecting from your people. I love that. So good. What is um, one word of advice that you would give to somebody who's feeling stuck right now? I would say that God makes a way where there is no way. And so if you are feeling stuck, then look around, you know, look around and look in another direction because the cool part about God is that he already has made the way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when we read this verse, verse, sometimes I think we think, oh, like God is plowing a path somewhere right now and he's like struggling with it, but he's, he's not like, it's literally already in existence. And it's really more about finding us and getting us, you know what I mean? Getting us onto it as opposed to, you know, forging some sort of new path. Um, because you know, he's already, he already knows. Um, so look, look in another direction and however that, whatever way that works for you, get in touch with yourself, get in touch with God, get in touch with someone else and start exploring your options. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. All right. Um, Do you mind taking a moment and praying over our listeners? Yeah, that'd be great. God, I just, I thank you so much for anyone listening to this podcast. And I thank you for uh, their heart to follow you um, or their desire to make a difference. Because I think we all have this innate desire to be difference makers in the world. And so that is why being stuck is so hard because we know sort of in our beings that we're called to do something, called to make a difference, called to sort of be great. Uh, And that sphere, I think, can mess with people's heads sometimes. Sometimes being great is being great to like seven people around you for your whole life. And sometimes being great is influencing seven million, seven billion people. And so I pray that for anyone who's feeling stuck right now, that you recall them to their sphere of influence, make sure they help them understand what that looks like. And I just pray that they find an option, a way to take a step forward. Uh, And I just wanted to encourage anyone who's listening to this, that God has sort of two steps for us. He has a victory for you, and then he has a triumph. And the triumph is the celebration. And so I would pray the triumph for anyone listening here, that as you are moving forward, as you take that next step, um, and you would count that a victory. And because you were stuck and now you're not, right? Or you you were five feet back and now you're five feet forward. So love that victory. But also I want you to celebrate while you're there. And so I just pray joy uh, and celebration into your life about whatever your next step is. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. That was amazing. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. I'd like to thank my guest, Ashley Staples, for joining me today. You can access the show notes for today's episode at donsadler.com slash 012. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. To hear more conversations with Christians who are finding their purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also access past episodes, see our Conversations on Calling video series, and subscribe to the blog at donsadler.com. Have thoughts or questions about today's episode? Join the conversation by following me on Instagram at donsadler. Thanks for listening.